Heavy Cardboard, Episode 48, Heavy Con Recap. Coming to you from HeavyCon headquarters in Denver, Colorado, welcome to Heavy Cardboard, where we talk medium and heavy strategy board games, war games, 18xx, and a whole lot of HeavyCon in this episode. We're your hosts, I'm Edward. And I'm Amanda. We're back. <laughs> Awfully happy to be back yes. recording. It feels like it has been forever since we've actually sat together and recorded an episode. It's been a long time. Yep. Yeah. We've done a number of pod blasts between the two mm-hmm. of us and and we did do an interview with the uh with some friends of ours uh last night, but this is really the first time you and I have recorded since April. Yeah. It's been a long Jeez. time and that's not good. No, it's not. Uh I'm sad though that HeavyCon is over, I'll be honest. Yet at the same time, I'm kinda good with that being the case. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it'll be yeah. good. It'll be good to Kind of get our lives back. Yeah, get back onto a regular schedule, Mm -hmm. you know, both with the show and and life in general. Yeah. So it's been a while since we've given any weight loss updates. So uh, the last episode, I was at 26 pounds lost. When I recorded the pod blast about my weight loss, I was at 30.2 pounds lost. I'm now at 32.2 pounds lost, and I have 11.8 pounds still to go. How about you? I unfortunately have not been anywhere near as strict on Weight Watchers as I need to be, nor as strict as you have been. Um, So I actually have not lost anything else since the last episode. But importantly, you have not gained either. Anything that I've gained, I lost the next week. So that's been awesome. But um, while we were doing the giveaway and the Golden Elephant presentation, Matt was filming it for us for possible YouTube uploading at a later date. And I was watching that and I saw myself and yeah, that uh, changed my mindset right quick. And I am this week, I have been very strict. I have not gone over my points one day. I have not used any weeklies. I have done what I need to do. And I want to look, I mean, I want to look as good as I feel. and, And right now I just I just don't. So I don't think you look as bad as you think you do in your own head. But that's normal. But at the though. same time, but at the same time, I get what you're saying because if you don't feel like you look that good, then it's no good for anybody. You right. know what I mean? And that's the same stuff that I talked about in the podcast exactly. with me. So no, I I I totally understand. And hey, it's awesome to hear that you're getting back on that horse, so to yep. speak. Yep, I am getting right back on it, and I am. Um, trying to tame the Mustang. (laughs) (laughs) That is my belly. So what else you want to bring up? We got to go see our Reds play last week. Yeah, they came to town. Yeah. We got to go see uh, a game with Paul Chad. Yeah. That was was a really good time, and we saw something super rare. We did. We saw Reds win here in Colorado. It's crazy. And we actually won the series, so that was that was a lot of fun. It's always great. It was a good time. It's always great to see our boys play in person. And um, a little funny story: we sat with Chad in the Wells Fargo club seats. They're nice club level seats, and um, the uh, like on the second level, yeah, second deck, and the there's um, 
like the vending or not the vending, but all of the, the food vendors and all that stuff is in a nice, quiet, indoor, air conditioned place where you can, you know, go and relax if you need to get away. And, you know, of course, I'm me, so I had a headache and had to duck inside for an inning or two. And it was nice because it's nice and quiet in there, like I said, and there's big cushy chairs. You can go and sit and just get away for everything for a little while. But, you know, it's also a ball game, so it's still loud with kids and everything. So I found a family bathroom and I ducked in there and hid for a little while because it's, you know, dead quiet in there. And so I'm looking around and exploring, and there's a, a closet in there. And I was like, why is there a closet in a bathroom? And I opened the closet, and it's storage, you know, like extra toilet paper, extra paper towels and everything, and a jug of liquor. Like, I guess I found someone's booze stash that they keep at work. I don't know, but it was like one of those really cheap, you know, just like plastic jugs of vodka or gin, just some kind of clear alcohol. And I was like... How was it? I didn't, ew, I didn't touch that. Amanda. Yeah. Be honest now. Don't lie to our listeners. I didn't. I picked it up. Okay. But I put it back down. (laughs) But anyway, so I thought it was funny. I was like, ooh, somebody's drinking on the job. (laughs) That's funny. That's good stuff. My birthday was yesterday. And for my birthday... Uh, kind of present type thing. Uh, Matt, our, one of our buddies, he and I are going up the mountain on Saturday to go whitewater rafting down Clear Creek. I've gone a number of times. You've gone once. And that was enough. Right. And I'm hoping that he likes it enough and he feels comfortable enough with it that we can go down Gore Canyon, which is the pinnacle of rafting in the state of Colorado. Later on in August, I'm, I'm hoping, so to be determined on that. But even if not this Saturday, uh, I keep getting updates to my phone, and it is rocking right now, so I'm super excited. It should be a six-ticket ride. It should be a good time. Yeah, you have fun with that. Me and Dana will be here hosting game day. Yes. Fair trade-off. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm bummed uh, we're not going to Origins this year, but we are going next year. So anybody that is going, be sure to stop by Capstone Games booth and check out Arkwright, obviously, and the Golden Elephant Award logo on the box and maybe somewhere else in a prominent location. I don't want to spoil it. And also, uh, Meeple Realty is going to be there with their inserts as well. So check them out as well and tell them that uh, Edward and Amanda said hi from Denver. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Since we can't be there, very sad. So there's been some drama with uh, me and the acquisition of my passport to be able (laughs) to go to Essen this year. So I don't want to give you guys the whole lowdown, but I'll give you the gist here. So listeners of the show, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I had an, let's call it an unorthodox childhood. And long story short, I've been using my stepfather's last name for, I don't know, since I was about nine years old and I just turned 41 yesterday, so a long time. I have a license, I have our mortgage, I have our bank account, my Marine Corps, DD-214 paper, everything is under my current last name, which is Euler. So no problem, right? Well, there's one piece of paper that is really important to getting a passport that isn't with that same last name. That's my birth certificate. So, 
I have to get an official legal name change to my current legal name, mind you, which is just maddening to me. But I have to go through that process, which includes getting fingerprinted, sent background checks by the FBI, the Colorado Bureau of Investigation, and all this stuff. And the thing that makes me nervous is this stuff takes time. And here it is, June 9th, and I leave for Essen just after the 10th of October, which sounds like plenty of time, right? Well, there's the FBI that can take like two and a half months to get a background check. Then after I get my legal name change, then I have to get an amendment done to my birth certificate in my birth state, which is Michigan. And then I can submit to get a passport. Who knew this was going to be such drama? But uh, yeah, not really super excited about cutting it so close. I had no idea, though. So let's, uh, if anybody's listening and works for the FBI and wants to help expedite that process <laughs> of my background check, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, we're open, you know, to help. <laughs> so the support we've gotten on our Patreon has been amazing. Mm-hmm. It's It's been incredible, to be honest. Thanks to those that continue to support the show there, and they've unlocked more giveaways, as well as Tony is officially going to come back onto the show on a quarterly basis now. So I'm super excited about that. Yay. I Amanda's excited, right? You're yeah about that, right? Oh yeah. Except it's one more feed she has to edit. Yes. So I don't know if she's thrilled about that. No. Part. But you know. But I'm excited to have our buddy back on. Yes. So the next milestone, which we are surprisingly close to already, is for Amanda and I to start recording video run-throughs on some overlooked games. You know, games like Arkwright, Antiquity, 1860, stuff like that. Think kind of like what Rado does, but with static cams. <laughs> so if there's if that's something that appeals to you, consider supporting us on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash heavy cardboard. Thanks a lot for those that already do it. And now, I would normally read off a spot for BoardGameTables.com and tell you all something about the tables. But instead, this time, I kind of wanted to talk about one of the downsides of the tables and a potential quote-unquote fix for that. The tables really are gorgeous, and they make playing games on them a better experience. They genuinely do. But let's face it, they ain't cheap. Chad's told me that when folks are finished choosing the wood, customizing the table and such... The price tag usually comes in around the $2,500 mark. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're not worth it. They very much are. Heck, we just finished playing four days straight on them at HeavyCon, and everybody loved playing on them. But $2,500 is still $2,500. Now, Chad's aware of the barrier to entry for some folks, and he's offering, starting today, one of his tables for under $500 over on Kickstarter. Even with it tricked out, it's still under $800. Unless you're building it yourself, it's impossible to beat the price for a gaming table. We actually saw the prototype of it at HeavyCon, and I gotta say, I was was impressed by it. So if the considerably lower price tag has grabbed your interest, go take a look at it over on Kickstarter. The table's called The Duchess from BoardGameTables.com, and... It is amazingly already raised $252,000 in just half a day today. But if when you do go by there, please tell them you heard about it from Heavy Cardboard. 
All right, so Edward, why don't you tell everybody how to get in contact with us? All right, website, heavycardboard.com. Our email, contact at heavycardboard.com. We'd love hearing from y'all, so don't be shy. Twitter, super active there, at heavycardboard. Facebook, becoming more and more active there, heavycardboard. Instagram, heavycardboard. Our Patreon, as I mentioned earlier, patreon.com forward slash heavycardboard. And our BGG Guild number is 2044. So iTunes reviews. Niv, A. Diamant, Phil Campo, and J.T. Lawrence. Thanks y'all for leaving them. And if y'all haven't left us an iTunes review, we certainly would appreciate it. And continuing to say thanks to our Patreon supporters over the next few months, we have Dave Armstrong, Dave, Katie Aidley, Linda Martin, Mo, Scotty B., Cat D, Jason Rimmer, Travis Hill, Matt McChesney, and Stephane Brochure. Thank you very much, everybody, for your continued support. We really appreciate it. We announced the winner of a copy of My Village for our Patreon giveaway on Periscope yesterday. Congrats, Nicholas. Woohoo! Yay, congratulations! And thanks again to Game Surplus for helping make that happen. More Patreon giveaways to come every couple of months or so i think we're going to be able to do that i'm excited about that yeah it's awesome to be able to do even more giveaways than we do already seriously right yeah and speaking of giveaways yes now for the mombasa giveaway from last episode we had 82 entries in the little uh quiz that we gave for the history of mombasa and the history of colonialization in africa Of those 82 entries, 61 of which were 100% correct. And by 100%, I mean if you answered the write-in questions correctly, but it still said it was incorrect, we gave those to you because if maybe you put a hyphen somewhere it didn't belong, it counted that as a wrong answer. Yeah, because it had to be absolutely identical. Right. And yeah, that was my bad. So lesson learned on that one. But 61 of the 82, that was pretty strong. That was awesome. Yeah. We have smart listeners. Seriously, right? Well, we knew that already. Have you seen our guild? Yeah. We randomly drew a name via random.org, and of those correct entries, the winner is... Dun-da-da-da! Matt Kelly. So congrats, Matt. We'll be contacting you shortly to get you your info and give you your copy of Mombasa. Congrats again, and thanks again to Game Surplus. I really, really like giving away games. It's fun, fun, right? We want to thank the great folks over at Game Surplus for their sponsorship of the show. Great people, great reputation, along with a great inventory of imported and hard-to-find games. Well, you can see why we're proud to be partnered with Game Surplus. Their tagline is home of great games at great prices, so check them out at gamesurplus.com. And when you do, remember to tell them, Happy Cardboard sent you. So, Edward, since you are the acquirer of the family and of the podcast, yes, it's going to take a little while, but why don't you let everybody know what we've acquired since the last show? It's actually not as much as I thought it would have been, to be honest, but yeah, it's, it's, it's sizable. So here we go. From Victory Point Games, we got Wings for the Baron, enjoyable little dice-chucking game uh, where players are, they represent one of the five German aviation companies from World War I, and you build or steal technologies to make your aircraft better while trying to help win the war for Germany. 
or if not that, at least have the most money at the end of the war. It's got a cool inflation mechanic as well. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad we got it. That was yeah, pretty I enjoyed cool. it. Millennium Blades from Level 99 Games. Super meta game about playing competitive CCG games. I cannot wait to get this to the table this weekend. I'm just, I'm fascinated by this one. We got a copy of The Gallerist with all the Kickstarter goodies to boot from German Mike at HeavyCon through the flea market. So thanks a lot, Mike, for making that available. The Last Spike from Columbia Games, a light little stock investing train theme game. A gift from Jeroen from Splatter at HeavyCon. So we were missing one Spielworks game, but we weren't, we're not anymore, and that's Agora. I know that some people are kind of eh on it, but I've also read some really good things about it. So I'm anxious to get it to the table and give it a try. So thanks a lot to Jeroen. Kyle Nauman gifted us a copy of Innovation and one of the expansions since he has the uh, the new edition coming via the Kickstarter. He's like, here, I don't need this and gave it to us. I was like, oh, that's really cool of you. Thanks, Kyle. So we'll talk more about that here in a little bit. Copper Twaddle, little card game from Tony Boydell and Surprise Stair Games. And now begins the list of prototypes. I don't know how we ended up getting this many, but this is this was, this was mm-hmm. kind of fun. Because uh, we don't normally get a lot of prototypes, but all of a sudden we're on a heck of a run here. So, the latest prototype from Kit Tim Fowers' upcoming game, The Fugitive. It's a clever little deduction game. Looking forward to playing more of it. Kickstarter coming later this year, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think I've talked about it on the show previously. Yeah, you have. This is the one that you played with the people at um, Haunted Game Cafe or... Yeah, yeah, with with Mark Mark and and Ben and and Anno. Yeah. So we got that. Then there's Trick of the Rails prototype with Ian O'Toole's latest artwork. It looks really great. And our... Local buddy, Justin, of Terra Nova Games, he actually hand-delivered it the day before a HeavyCon. And I got to say, it got a lot of play mm-hmm. at HeavyCon. It's currently on Kickstarter. It's like, I think, 13 bucks for it. So check that out. Um, cool train-themed game. Yeah, they're like 244% funded or some crazy number. Oh, nice. I'm glad to see that's doing well. Last year, Tony and I traded out a game, and I don't know if you did or not, Amanda, that was designed by our buddy Mo from the board game group and developed by our other I friends. I was not involved uh, in this game. That's I was so incredibly sick at HeavyCon last year that I didn't get to play a lot of the stuff. So this is one of the things I missed out on. Gotcha. Well, Brian and Lyndon helped develop it, and it's inspired by dominant species. And as you'd expect, it's an area control game. I got to say, it was pretty polished and i i really enjoyed it tony did not but he appreciated it he just doesn't like area control games well i finally got a copy of them it's called conflict of plants so i really hope it gets picked up for publication later this year that'd be cool another prototype is eberon island of discovery from scott nelson I got to be honest, I've been wanting to try this game for well over a year. Scott said its influences were like roads and boats and antiquity. So, yeah, yeah we're you can't in. can't go wrong there. Right? So thanks to him and Larry Rice uh, for mm-hmm. mewling it with him <laughs> to HeavyCon. So that was cool of him. And talking about highly well-produced prototypes. Yeah, this is insane. Eriklis from Luda Creations sent us what could pass for, honestly, a published game of the upcoming game Crisis. 
and it just arrived today, like literally right before we recorded, it showed up and I was like, oh, sweet. And looks interesting. Definitely worth investigating. I, I'm excited about it. It's going to be hitting Kickstarter sometime later this month or next month, I think. So, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to playing it. I obviously, if anybody that's listened to the show before, you guys know that I I do no research on games. I don't. I barely go on BGG. I just I I'm an introvert. I don't like to post things. I don't. And here I am, you know, on a podcast. But whatever. I try to not. I, yeah, Ms. I try introvert. to not think about how many people are actually listening. I pretend that it's just Edward and like Matt and Tony. That's in Paul Chat. That's really all I let myself think. Listen. So, um, yeah. So I don't really go on BGG and post anything or read anything or anything like that. So I had never heard of it. So once we got the prototype, I read a little bit, read the synopsis and stuff on BGG, and it seems pretty cool. I mean, it's an economic game, so. This girl's going to be happy. We got an upgrade pack for Food Chain Magnate, which kind of, uh, it corrects all the the printer, the minor, super minor errors that were in the first edition, which we had. So thanks uh, for ordering for the group there, Skippin'. We also today got a few inserts from Meeple Realty. We got two Castles of Burgundy inserts, one of which we're going to be giving away on the show in a future episode. And... A new Arkwright mm-hmm. insert, which we've already seen, but the one that we got, uh, we already gave away uh, at HeavyCon. So I'm really excited to build this one. Yeah, that's all you, because I will, number one, get splinters, and number two, I am incredibly not crafty, so it'd just be a disaster. So the Beastie Boys weren't singing uh-uh. about you? So she's crafty, not, not Amanda. Amanda, huh? Amanda okay. is Noted. not the, right. the extent of my craftiness is glue, gluing my fingers together. All right. Noted. I'll, I'll okay. handle that. Then. I'll watch you. Also, we got about 80 of the newly designed t-shirts and we got a whole bunch of pint glasses to be, uh, which are all that's for sale on the website. And stickers. Well. Oh yeah. Yeah. And stickers. I forgot about those. Good call. So that's what all we've acquired in the last... Four and a half weeks or so since our last full episode. As far as hunting or on the shopping list, not really hunting, but looking forward to. How's that? And that's Princess of the Renaissance provided it funds in the next week. Um, Yes, we have the original by Martin Wallace, but I'll be honest, I trust the Mercury Games guys to treat the, the new version of it and the revisions with respect and I'm just, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm pretty sure it's going to get funded now that they've unlocked all the stretch goals, even though it hasn't hit its funding mm-hmm. goal yet. So I'm excited about that. 1822, the railways of Great Britain. We currently have Paul Chad's copy because you're stickering it. And wow, that thing just looks epic and awesome and fun. And just, it's got a lot of cool stuff in it. Can't wait to actually get a copy of that and guilds of london tony boydell's latest game that's been delayed for uh, a while but it finally it sold out at the uk games expo it's supposed to be releasing i think from tasty menstrual and origins another thing we are missing so looking forward to getting a copy of that as well as far as looking forward to playing what about you missy well you've been talking 
up Millennium Blade so much that I'm very excited to play that as well. You and me yeah. both. Um, we, we've been playing Small City because it's an upcoming feature, and now that it's finally clicked, it li- it took me th- till my third game before I really felt comfortable doing anything in the game. So I'm looking forward to getting another play of that. I played Churchill at HeavyCon, and I want to play more of that game. I'd like to play Sweet. the different uh, leaders. I was uh, Churchill, but I would like to play Stalin and and uh, Roosevelt as well. But um, but yeah, it was a really cool, really cool game. I enjoyed it. I liked. We did a five um, turn scenario, the tournament scenario, yeah, right? And that, yeah, that felt good to me. Um, Skippin had mentioned that, and you as well, that the full game just seems to go on too long. But the five-turn tournament scenario felt perfect. So that's really what I would like to play again. I had a feeling you were really going to enjoy that. So I'm glad to hear that yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. Though. It was very cool. So as far as me, um, I at first I thought you were just reading my list. <laughs> More Small City, Millennium Blades. Um, also Crisis that yeah. showed yeah. up today. Like, like I mentioned, I'm looking forward to checking out that. More Arkwright. For a couple reasons. One, if we do hit that Patreon funding goal, that means we're going to be playing it for the run through. Mm-hmm. But also, I got to say, I'm excited to build my first in- inserts from Meeple Realty. And if we're going to build the inserts, we got to play the games, yeah. right? So Castles of Burgundy and Arkwright definitely got to be on that Most list. Definitely. All right. So now we've come to the first part of the meat of the show, which is what have we been playing? Um... So it's a pretty long list here, and I know some people really uh, enjoy this part of the show, so we're not going to give it short shrift here. But what we did do is we broke it down into three time frames, I guess you could call it. The first one, pre-HeavyCon, then what we played at HeavyCon, and then what have we played in the week and a half or so since HeavyCon. So, Amanda, why don't you... Get it started. All right. So a lot of these are going to be crossover between me and Edward. Um, so since last episode, I've played 1860, uh, Stockpile, Tin Goose, Fresh Fish. Did not enjoy that game. I did. We played uh, Puerto Rico. Always good. Shipyard. Always good. I made a, I think it was like 37 point boat or something. It was ridiculous and awesome. Um, <laughs> small city, San Juan. We played Tracarian, which which that game. The first play is a little rough, yeah. um, because learning from the rule book not 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 the best rule book in the book world. Is but, a monster. But so was small cities, and that paid off. So I'm looking forward to more Tracarian to see if the game settles out because. A lot of people really like that yeah, game. Yeah, and we didn't play it with any of the expansions or whatever. We didn't do any of the Dark Alley stuff. We didn't do anything like that. We just played the base, base game. So I'm excited to try extra stuff. Um, Dana and I played through the ages and completely butchered it, but that's beside the point. We had fun, so that's all that matters. Uh, Matt and I played Seven Wonders Duel just as a little filler game. That's a cool little game. I en- I had I enjoyed my play of it. Um, Tony speaks well mm-hmm. of it. I haven't played it yet. It's a fun little, quick little game, but I I did enjoy it. Um, then we played, we tr- okay, so me, Matt, and Dana tried to play Tricarian, 
We tried to learn it and play it at game day. Be nice. Be nice. I am being nice. I just am going to say that we have a lot of loud people in our group. Okay. I, I'm loud because I'm deaf. And then we just have other people that talk loud. I.e. Brian and Chad. Yeah. And so we... But we love you guys. And we, of course. You just or talk loud and that's fine. Um, but we just, we couldn't, it was too loud. We couldn't, we couldn't hear each other. We couldn't hear each other. You know, we couldn't listen to each other. We couldn't hear each other think we couldn't listen, you know, nothing. So we just packed it all up and then just kind of played little simple games. So we played lanterns, which was really fun. I enjoy that. Um, and then that's when we played seven wonders as well. And then me and Dana ducked into my office where it was nice and quiet and played our debauchery game of through the ages that was just a disaster (laughs) (laughs) out of all of that stuff that i already mentioned what else have you played edward brian and i played 1989 dawn of freedom that was my first time playing it uh very similar to twilight struggle but it has this weird little mini card game in between that i'm i'm not sure how i feel about it uh i'll go more into it later in a future episode, but yeah, uh, definitely enjoyed the game, but not sure how I feel about that little mini game inside of it. Then after that, we've uh, played a two player game of Eitan, and I don't know how you pronounce that right. It's A T O N, it's the Egyptian, I don't think it's Kinesia. And I also played a uh, two player, uh, the new version of Through the Ages. And, yep, still love that game. We played it correctly, though. Eh, Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, finally, uh, uh, in the days leading up to HeavyCon, we got another playtest of Indonesium. And that's about it. Everything else you mentioned. All right. So, as far as HeavyCon... So, I started out HeavyCon, as far as game playing, the same way I started out the first HeavyCon, and that wasn't really planned, it just worked out that way, and that was the revised Heavy Cardboard Aegis theme map, but I was I was able to play it on the one-of-a-kind Aegis theme XL version, which seemed appropriate. Now, our buddy Kevin in Kansas City, he and Chad, he of BoardGameTables.com, uh, let's see who else is a part of that group. Chatty Boy and Paul Chad originally, that's where he came from. They put together this double size Aegis theme map, or uh, not just map, but everything about Aegis theme was double. The dice were like an inch and a half big. All the discs, the city's discs were huge. Just everything was 100% bigger than what it normally is it was unbelievably amazing in that first game it was me paul chad brian yarun and yoris and about halfway through the game i just looked over at chad he was sitting to my right and i was like this is pretty badass dude this is pretty surreal is this here we are real life at, at our con playing our map of age of steam with splatter right. <laughs> Not to discount Brian, mind you, but well, come with on, Splatter you know? and with the board game group on Facebook, right? I just that, yeah, that was awesome. So that was that started things off uh, on the good foot for you, James Brown fans. Then after that, uh, I played Pie Mouth Flowman 
as a filler in between, and then I also got a game of Dominant Species in. And that was pretty much it for me on Thursday for reasons that will come up later on in the show. So how about you? How'd you start it off? With an entire day of 1817. I started right after registration, and we finally called it at about 11 p.m. Stephen won, but he apparently told Chad that he thought that if the game had continued to, you know, completion, actual ending, that I would have won. But we had like four or five more hours to go. But that was my first 1817 game, and wow, very good. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, uh, you're one up on me, then. I've yet to play it, and that, that is arguably the stock market mm-hmm. side game mm-hmm. for yeah. the, like the pinnacle yeah. of uh, that. It's amazing. And Yarun walked by, and he was like, you guys are not shorting enough shares, and your interest rate is far too low. I was like, yes, sir, I'm sorry. Yeah. Steven, Steven made the comment that it was definitely a kinder, gentler, yeah. but it was it was a game full of newbies, basically, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, one, one player had only ever played 1846 before, um, but all of us except for Steven, that was our first 1817 play. All right, cool. So looking forward to future plays, Absolutely. Though, huh? I've already talked to Tony about it, and we are going to hopefully try to set up a game of 1817 where we play X amount of hours on one day and X amount of hours on the second day so that it's not all crammed into one day and we can have a bit of a rest in between and actually be able to play the full game instead of having to call it. Sweet. So that's all I played on Thursday. All right. So going into Friday, what you got? Uh, I played 1830 with Dana and Tony KR. We played that until... You guys had to go play Megasiv, and then that we just left that set up. And then, because the plan was if it got to where they could take longer turns in between Megasiv, that we could go and finish it, but it wound up being not being feasible. So, but we were almost done anyway. We would have broken the bank in the next set of ORs. So we just kind of mathed it out a little bit. And we were all within. Um, first place and second place, there was a hundred dollar difference and second and third place was a hundred dollar difference. So we were pretty close. Then I played with Tony Harsbon, 1873. And that's a, wow. I didn't realize you played this May 18. Yeah, I did. That was a weird game. Let me tell you. Yes, it is. It is a very odd Uh duck when it comes to 18xx games. That's a weird game. That's a weird game. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, uh, I busted out Paris Connection. It's the first time I'd ever played that version of the game, which is, you know, normally we play yeah, SNCF, I, I which never is have identical game. Um, whatever, same game. So that was cool. Uh, introduced some new people to it. So that was good. I understand it has triples. It does have triples. Yes, correct. And then there's 13 Days, the Cuban Missile Crisis. This is the only game that... Uh, I got to play with German Mike. Unfortunately, he had to leave the con early, which was a huge disappointment to me. It was to him too, but it, it was more so for me because I just really enjoy his company. And then busted out a quick game, a relatively quick game of Arkwright. And that was with uh, Jim from Punching Cardboard, Brandon from Brawling Brothers, and also our buddy Dave. So... Brandon and David never played in Brandon. Well, well, you guys will hear more about that on the show later. But the uh, 
One of the cool things was the Meeple Realty insert. The guys at Meeple Realty, who at this point were not a sponsor of the show, they just emailed me and said, hey, I know HeavyCon's coming. If we send you a already assembled insert for Arkwright, would you take a look at it and give us your thoughts on it and maybe use it when you play? And I was like, heck yeah. So they overnighted it. And I got to say, it was pretty, pretty impressed with the organization, uh, you know, in the way it holds everything and the way it goes back together. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, and it has an awesome solution for storing and setting up the workers, which I am a really big fan of. Yes. And we didn't quite get a chance to finish Arkwright. We called it, uh, I think, a decade or maybe two decades early, but it was enough to give the guys a taste of the game, and that was the full Waterframe version. The reason we had to call it early is because I was a part of the Mega Civ game, which, again, we'll talk about more later on in the show. You guys will hear about it. I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to playing that again and more, and I'm hoping that we can have a regular game day game of Mega Civ, like with our game group, with like six or seven, and bust it out in a day. I think that would be really, really cool. And then after we took a break for the night, uh, I got into a game of innovation with Larry and Dave, uh, I'm sorry, Larry and Kyle, and I'd never played innovation, and I heard it was just hugely random and just crazy weird stuff. It's a Carl Chetik game, and yeah, it was all of those things, and I was fortunate enough to, or I guess fortunate enough to blow up the world and completely remove all the cards that had been put in play already. And then I ended up in two turns winning the game. So that was that was kind of fun. It was just take it for what it is. It's you know go into it. You know it's going to be random. Just have fun with it. And I did, and that ended up being pretty cool. Then on Saturday, I woke up to playing Churchill with Travis and Dave, and it was mine and Dave's first play of Churchill. Travis has quite a few under his belt. That, again, as I talked about before, that was a lot of fun. Then I got roped into a game of cockroach poker. I got nothing for you Yeah, on that you should, one. Yeah, you should have seen Edward's face. It's a funny little stupid bluffing game. Then I played Glory to Rome in the actually in the lobby because it was past 11 <laughs> so we played that I haven't gotten to play that game in a long time so that was fun and that was on saturday after uh the barbecue which was delicious so for me i the first three quarters of the day we finished up mega sieve then uh i played a seven player age of steam holland map that was a Awesome, because it was seven players, and B, it was the, on the extra large. So the guys made an extra large copy of the heavy cardboard map, the Holland map, which is appropriate since, you know, we had guests from Holland, and then also the recycling map, which is a prototype, which I didn't get a chance to play, but the Holland map was frustrating and cool, and it's the only game of Age of Steam I've seen where the winner had issued zero shares <laughs> wow so that, was, that was unique also played 1714 the case of the catalans and you guys will hear more about that later and then jim from the punching cardboard podcast i gotta say he has a really fun horse buying and training and racing game that he's designing and yes he's a friend of mine but i'll be honest 
If it was crap, I'd tell him, and I really wouldn't talk much about it here on the show. I wouldn't talk bad about it, but I just probably wouldn't talk much about it. But I got I, I genuinely want a copy when it gets published. We played it six players, and every single one of us was having an absolute blast playing it. It's got meaningful decisions along with a dose of luck, but you can mitigate some of that luck. And we were just hooting and hollering, and it was just a great time and legitimately one of the highlights of the con for me. That was a lot of fun. And then also got a game of Ponzi Scheme in, which I had missed playing at BGG Con, and I was very sad about that, but ended up getting a game in with Nicholas and some of the other guys. And enjoyed that. And then last but not least, for me anyway, was I wanted to take a second and talk about Indonesium. So I've mentioned this a couple times previously. Tony has designed a riff on and expanded on what Indonesia does. And due to, let's just say, an issue that you'll hear about later in the show, timing of things during the con for me and the Splatter guys kind of got thrown out of whack. So Tony and I didn't get a chance to play the game. Uh, with yours and your rune, which we were really hoping to do. But we ended up giving them the prototype to take back to the Netherlands and give us their thoughts on it and possibly give us their blessing on it going forward and maybe look to get it published. So we'll see on that. Awesome. Yeah, I'm nervously excited about that. Definitely. Still disappointed we didn't get a chance to play it with them. Yeah, me too. And the last, the only other game I played was 1849. And um, that's a that's a weird one, but I enjoyed it. It's Sicily. So you played five eighteen XX games, I think, four or five, and I played I none. I played four. Interesting. Well, I like awesome. I just I like to play games that in cons like that. Sometimes I do like to take like a long chunk of the of the day to play one game because that way I'm focused on one thing and I don't feel like I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off trying to figure out what to play next. <laughs> yeah. That's me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so post heavy con, uh, the three games that I've played anyways are second edition of St. Petersburg, which we're going to be featuring with Tony here in a couple episodes. Always a favorite of ours. Wings for the Baron that talked about earlier. Fun little dice chucker. And then a Winsome-esque game called uh, Coast to Coast Rails. Apparently, it's only available through print and play or at least outside of the first, I don't know, handful of copies that were actually published. Pretty cool game until the late game and late game kind of just fizzled out completely for us. And it just it became very rote and unnecessary it felt like but again that was my first play but i wasn't the only one feeling that way with it so want to try it again but don't have high expectations on that one all right and while you guys were playing that in st petersburg we were playing small city again and then wings for the baron which i enjoyed i liked i liked that game that was fun i want to play it a little bit more we're happy to welcome meeple realty as an official sponsor of the show i gotta be honest I've never really cared for inserts. We store almost all of our games vertically, and so we've always just used plastic baggies and Plano boxes for all our component storage. But I'm becoming a bit of a convert after seeing a few of the high-quality inserts from Meeple Realty that Tony has. 
Not to mention using the Arkwright mill insert at HeavyCon. That was pretty cool. It doesn't just make the storing of the game pieces easier and and not to mention the box lids actually close. Hello, Caverna. I'm looking at you. But talk about reducing setup time to next to nothing. That is amazing. And for a game like Arkwright, that's a valuable accessory to have. Not to mention that they have inserts for a whole plethora of other games like Twilight Struggle, Trajan, Caverna, Terra Mystica, Orleon, etc. I'm still a fan of baggies, I gotta be honest, but I'm certainly coming around to the idea of gaming inserts. So I recommend checking them out over at MeepleRealty.com and mention Heavy Cardboard when you do. So here we are post-con, post-HeavyCon 2016, and I am graciously joined by three friends, I think. We'll see how that goes when we're all said and done. But going from left to right, we have Brandon from Brawling Brothers. Hey! We have Jim from Punching Cardboard. Hey! (laughs) And we have Travis from Low Player Count. Hello! All right, fellas. So the original plan was we were going to do some live recording at HeavyCon, but due to some, shall we say, unforeseen circumstances on Thursday evening, schedule kind of got jacked up a little bit and we weren't able to record live while we were there. So you guys were gracious enough to join. Here it is, what, Friday night, the Friday after the con ended. And I thought we'd just do a little round table and... Talk heavy con. So, have at it. We're glad that you bought that very nice uh, new mobile recorder, by the way. That was an excellent <laughs> investment, sir. Yeah, it was fun to see. It, it. will be. It, it just looked, didn't get used. <laughs> it was really pretty. It was nice to look at, yeah, it right? It was. It was. It was great. So, so heavy con, what'd you guys think? I feel like that's a loaded question, though. Well, it's a very general question. Yeah, but do you sure. think anyone in this chat is going to pull any punches? I mean, if it was a pile of garbage, these three people that are on here are going to tell you so, right? That is true. That is true. But then conversely, we will also tell you if we like it as well. Will we? No, I don't know. Well, I'm, I, I know might. two of the three will. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I can see that Travis is going to be the nice guy yet again. Yes, always is. Salt of the earth, Travis. That's <laughs> sure, the first sure, thing. Sure. When, I, when I got back here to Portland, everybody's like, is, is Travis a nice guy? He sounds like a nice guy. <laughs> really? Said, everybody? Yeah, you, you, everybody you should, was doing that? You should play That's Food wild. Chain with him. Food Chain Magnet, and you'll see the nice guy come out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll start. I am the least heavy gamer in this group. Really? And, uh, yeah. I mean, no surprise there. Anyone that's listened to our show knows that. But I went with mixed expectations. Actually, maybe a little bit of trepidation just because I was signed up to play some heavier games, stuff that I typically wasn't used to playing, and yeah, maybe a little intimidated. But I got to tell you, the experience was really good for me. Everyone was awesome. People were patient in teaching me these heavy games. Mm -hmm. And I play more heavy games in a weekend than I've played in the last six months here with my group. Yeah, you you played uh, Arkwright with Jim and I. And I'll be honest, I I was a little apprehensive at 
how how well you would I don't want to say grasp, but how well you would take to the game and it was no sweat for you. It was awesome to see. It was very cool. Well, I don't know about no sweat. I think Jim <laughs> glanced over and saw me wiping sweat from my brow. But, you know, I, I did. I got I got a hold of it. I, I sunk my teeth in and I was good. I'm not sure that I'm ever going to be able to really formulate a strategy in a game that heavy. But the mechanics all made sense. And really, considering how heavy Arkwright is, it flowed really well. And did you enjoy the game itself? Yeah, it was a, an exceptional experience. I was actually really surprised. So there's a just kind of as a uh, just kind of to show you how much there's a copy sitting on my dining room table right now set up ready for me to run back through by myself so that I'm sure I know how to teach it. You play games by yourself. That's so lame. <laughs> no so sad and pathetic. Says Mr. Solo Gamer himself. I think the sad part of that Arkwright uh, experience there was we didn't get to finish it because Brandon was doing quite well. You and I were really fighting as as well, and uh, I forget who the fourth person was, but it looked like it was a four way fight at the, at that point. I think it was Dave, and I think Dave. I think everybody was pretty competitive. Yeah. Yeah, well, we talked about it a little bit whenever I got back, and I think that you, Edward, had a chance to really get out ahead, but somehow, and it was dumb luck, Jim and I blocked you out of ships for two rounds in a row, and you could never get the shipping going. Not only that, but then uh, Jim and Dave monopolized the inventor tiles, so I couldn't get the more advanced ships to get going, so I was, I was shipless and made it really hard to to do anything internationally had to focus on domestic sales and it worked out unfortunately the reason we had to cut it short was i was a part of that massive 14 player mega sieve game oh was that unfortunate that that <laughs> i mean you might want to explain that now this is a good time to uh to tell us whether that was unfortunate or not no i had a blast i i thoroughly enjoyed it mostly and the reason I say that is we had Brian, he ran the game, uh, he was experienced with it, it was fantastic. But with 14 people, it was a bit like herding cats at times. Uh, people would, you know, wander off and maybe go talk to somebody and not be focused on what they were doing. So the game maybe took a little bit longer than it would have normally. But the actual experience was fantastic. And I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, the guys that played it in the game that are a part of our local game group uh, were like, hey, why don't we try and play this six, seven player locally in a, um, one of our regular game days? They really enjoyed it that much. So overall, awesome experience. The only downside, I guess, is it took 12, 14 hours over the course of Friday night and Saturday morning. So that takes up a huge chunk of the con. So, I mean, I didn't get a chance to play a ton of games be mm -hmm. because of that, plus running the con, plus everything else. But it was awesome experience, and I, I hope it becomes an annual thing at HeavyCon. I'll sit out on that. That's too, too much civilization building, too many people all in the same room too long of time yeah it's hard whenever you play games by yourself and then there's 15 <laughs> people all crowded around the table that makes it hard I, I will say the number of comments i got at HeavyCon about being a solo gamer was uh pretty overwhelming um just number of people that were sitting there going well i mean they were all brandon too 
Are, are you <laughs> not all of them? But they're like, are you okay? I mean, you're playing a game with three other people. Are you going to be fine? How's your social anxiety holding up? That's not what I said. I just told you you were full of it. I just said you you come out, you give this thing. I get the social anxiety, and you seem to be the life of the party. He was a bit of a social butterfly. He was wasn't he? absolutely. Yeah, I got to agree. I mean, seriously. And I'm Travis. Ed has no listeners, so it's not going to matter. But your <laughs> se- the secret won't be out here. But you you really are one of the most personable people that I've met in in the con- going to conventions. You're one of the most personable people. So I don't want to hear the social anxiety thing. Oh, I I really don't have social anxiety. I just don't like people. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's pretty clear. It's a mask None I of put us. On. Hold on. I think there's four people yeah. here that all we don't like people. To some extent. <laughs> some extent. <laughs> I think I've talked about that many, many times on our own show here. How I don't like people, especially Denver. I mean, so. <laughs> yeah, Jen, tell Which, us tell us about yeah, about was, your your uh, your entrance into Denver. Again, my entrance into Denver through the thunderstorm, two and a half hours late as it was, with hail coming down, and we had to. <laughs> fly in a circle up there all the time with the pilot saying hey we might go here we might go there i don't know we're gonna go in maybe we're not i don't know every 15 minutes and i'm sitting here thinking why am i doing this i'm going i'm doing this to play games i can play games at home i don't need to be on a plane going to denver you sound like eric and then finally yeah well eric if if i never got in if i landed somewhere else i messaged eric he would have said told you so (laughs) finally came down after you know all right Folks, we're going to follow the southwest flight in, and if it lands, it's going to let us know if we can land. We may have to pull out and go somewhere else, and That's uh, but but we should be it's on the ground safe, at Travis. some point. So so when when Jim showed up, and I was like, "Hey, Jim, I, I, I finally I get had to it meet planned, you. man." <laughs> First words out of his mouth: "I hate this city." <laughs> <laughs> that, that was not. That's not true. Uh, you looked up and said. Can I help you? And I said, yeah, I'm the fire marshal. <laughs> Remember? Fair and your eyes went wide, and I thought, man, if I wasn't so tired from this stupid flight, I was going to play it out. I was going to flip my, my license at you and go, yeah, here's my ID. Uh, we've got too many people in this room. I was just going to go through it, and I just I couldn't do it. And then I said who I was, and you're like, oh, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> and in the meantime, we'll get off your lawn. Yeah. No, I, I think I was just going to say, I mean, overall, my experience with HeavyCon was really good. Um, I enjoyed I enjoyed the smaller group, the smaller aspect of it. Um, this obviously is more games in my niche than um, hanging out with some of the people that I play with on a more consistent basis, I guess, you know. Um, and so it, I liked it. I, I think I overbooked what I did and I ended up not being able to play a couple games just because of this and that and whatever, which was, which actually worked out because it freed out more time. But I went in to play almost exclusively war games, which was nice because I don't get to do, I play a considerable amount of war games, but just not on a consistent basis. And so it was nice to just be able to do that. Um, the entire time, but a couple times it dropped out and it didn't work out. But then that also freed me up to learn and play other games that I had kind of on the back burner of, I would like to learn PAX Premier and I was able to learn PAX Premier, you know, being able to a couple of late night rounds of, of Paris connection. Um, I thought that was great. That's one of the highlights of, of the whole con right there. I, I think we can all agree. That was a wonderfully fantastic experience. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, guys, I have is something it, in my throat. Is it a little <laughs> tiny wooden train? So, Brandon, obviously you're the only one here who does not like SNCF or Paris Connection. So, so tell us why. I mean, it's like Ticket to Ride Advance to me. I mean, there's a bazillion other things I want to play. I, I'm convinced that the only reason you and your crowd play it is there's little train meeples. Like, come on. And it, someone explain this to me, all right? I'm not that smart of a guy. Everyone that listens to our show knows that. But what, you can't come up with some better way to deal with the setup of this game than just dumping everything in the middle of the table and then trusting everyone to set these trains in the coordinated boxes. Stuff's dropping on the floor. People, this is ridiculous. And then the worst part, it takes 12 minutes to set the game up and the game's over in nine minutes. Who wants to do that? Any, can anyone? Anyone? Any, do you got to yeah, do really? it? No. Let it, it out. It's not healthy to keep it in like I that. I got it. Just go ahead and let it out. Just, just go ahead. And... I just don't understand. What? So tell me, what did I miss? What's the love affair? It is the train meeples, right? Those are treeples, by the way. Treeples. Treeples. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the second time we played it, you about lost it because we because <laughs> we dumped dumped all those train sorry we dumped all those treeples out on the board again, and you just said, "What is this fifty two train pickup?" And I swear, Jim was falling out of his chair because you were you were so bewildered. It was the best thing ever. Yeah, well, so what people of Ed's, what listeners of Ed's may not know is I'm super OCD. So first off, that bag full of stuff getting dumped out, like makes, I mean, I had sweaty palms and it was horrible, but I'm still trying to figure out you, no one has answered the question. Why this game? There's all these other games that are of similar it's, weight. It's thinky filler. That, that, that's thinky what it comes filler. down to. Thinky filler. Like you said, it's over in nine minutes. Okay, it might go as many as 20, 25 minutes, but still, that's that's perfect filler. And you can either build your portfolio by exchanging treeples with other treeples to uh, to build your stock. It's a one portfolio. for two ratio. It is. Or you can help uh, make those make those uh, companies worth more. And we've talked about it number uh, numerous times on our own show. And, Tony is so smitten with it. He actually designed one of the maps that we gave away to everybody mm -hmm. that he designed a uh, U.S. Uh, map variant of it. Got the permission from John Bohr and Queen Games to distribute it to all y'all. And uh, I'm sure there will be some people out there who would love your copy of the map, though. Josh already made me promise it to him. So all you vultures oh. that are circling for 52 pickup custom map from Tony Fryer... You're not getting it. You're not. But I got to say, it is cool that that map has mountains and stuff. I mean, there maybe there's a little more a little more meat to it playing with a custom map. You do understand you still have to dump all the all the treeples. I know, and, and which is why I will never play Paris Connection again. <laughs> but what about SNCF? That maybe. Those are just cubes. I try anything yeah. a couple of times. I've given Paris Connection two goes. Maybe a pile of cubes will work better for me than a pile of treeples. No more treeples in his future. Noted. All right. I just I just put it together earlier today, Brandon. Oh this my is gosh. my bag of cubes right here. You're freaking me out, Travis. Put those away. I can see them. The <laughs> listeners can't, but I can see them. All right. So um, since we're staying so positive, or we're so positive, why don't why don't we talk seventeen fourteen, Jim? Oh. 
what am I supposed to say about it? I think I think we've got somebody else who, who who has a wonderful. Well, you know, I taught it, right? I would rather Jim explain here, and then I'll follow up because right now I'm clearly set up to be the the ultimate bad guy of this conversation. Well, you've already you've already recorded your show about this. All right, so uh, <laughs> to be clear, first of all, uh, the person who set up the match of 1714 was Edward. It absolutely was. I had heard you talk about it on your show, and Eric absolutely hated the game. No, 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 not absolutely hated it. He played it a second time, and he's dialed it down a little bit. He's gone from like 10 on the hate meter down to about 7. But but when I heard it originally, you were gushing about it, saying how good it was and how unique and everything, and I was like, dude, I looked it up on BGG. I was like, yeah, I can get on board with this, so I picked up a copy based on your recommendation. Mm -hmm. Hadn't gotten it to the table, but I was like, well, if you're coming to this, it makes a perfect time to finally get it to the table, and since you've played it a number of times, you'd be able to teach it. All right, let's do it. And then Travis jumped in. And I was like, oh, okay, it'll be like the podcaster's game. And then Brandon's like, well, if I'm going to be there, might as well jump in this. Be gentle. And I'm an expert so, now because I played Arkwright, so I can handle this. Hey, Absolutely. I signed up long before I played Arkwright here. Yeah. Okay? I just That's closed true, my you eyes and well, jumped. Well, you, you were signed up. I mean, Ed, Edward put it on there with all, all four of us signed up and a fifth spot for whoever else wanted to fill in. And it became Mark, the I, I don't even have a podcast guy, uh, was our fifth player. So, Which I got to tell you guys, right now he's on Twitter chirping, all I know is I don't even have a podcast. I are, saw that. Are you on Twitter right now? Are you not paying attention to our conversation? I have four monitors. I work in IT. Give me a break. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. I'll, I'll let you do So, that. Jim. So, what do you want to know about 1714? I taught it. Everybody at the table um, liked it. Uh, one of us, Brandon, just loved it. I mean, he couldn't stop gushing about it throughout the entire game. We could barely get the game <laughs> finished because he was so enamored of this game uh, that he couldn't. I mean, just every move that was made, he just, oh, God, that's just brilliant. I, I don't understand how somebody didn't think of this game 10 years ago. And we went through the game. It took us, what, four or five hours to get through the game, which normally takes about three Mm-hmm. With a lot of interruptions, to be fair. I mean, because everybody keeps coming over to Edward and Edward, and, you know, oh, this is great con, Edward, thank you. And so we had to wait for him to, you know, his head to come back into space here. And, uh, <laughs> but, oh this boy, is, this is going to be fun. <laughs> this is a typical experience for 1714. I think I still love the game. I believe Travis loved the game. I believe yes, I enjoyed. I it. believe Mark loved the game. You started out, Edward. You started out seeming that you were really, really digging it, and as time went by, you kind of swayed on it a little bit. But now, in retrospect, you said before we started recording, you're thinking about it, and you're thinking you liked it more than you thought you liked it when we got done. I think so. And and to be honest, um, it's not a obviously not going to be a game for everyone. No, it's, um, it's very not. slow developing. And I think that might be part of the issue that Brandon had with it. And let's face it, a lot of these type games, they require the right group. This game requires the yeah. not only the right group, but the right setting. I mean, we did have interruptions that slowed the game down. So if you can get into a flow of the game, it, it, it isn't really that terribly slow developing because you hit that first... Uh, 
you, you hit that first treaty very quickly, and all of a sudden you're putting more troops on the board, and, and you probably are going to get a quick concessions round. And usually the concessions come out pretty quick. This one went longer than any other game I've been in of this, of 1714. Um, and, you know, Brandon just loved it. He was the fifth player who just couldn't get enough of it. So I, I, I guess we'll leave it over to Brandon now. And I'll just, I'm going to leave the room. I'm going to, I'm going to go away from the mic for about five minutes and let him just go to town. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so here's the thing, right? 1714 case of the Catalans is not a game for me. I mean, uh, it's that simple. Everyone else at the table enjoyed it. I actually confessed on our show that I felt bad because Jim wanted everyone to love it. And I feel, I, I feel his pain. There's nothing worse than showing a game to your group that you want everyone to love and it tanking with one or two of them. That's a horrible feeling. So I do feel a little bit of guilt there. The thing that I'm not surprised about, the second I saw the board, I knew I was in trouble because I don't play war games. They're not my thing. They're, you know, it's just not for me. And there is a very cool negotiation portion of this game, which I enjoy, but 1714 Case of the Catalans is a European war game. I mean, really, it's a it's a Euro war game. And uh, I just, there was a couple of other things that went bad for me. One, I got the Duchy of Savoy on a totally random draw. I'm not sure that that is the ultimate draw for someone who has never played war, a war game that he likes before. That was problem number one, right? I see why you guys dug it. I just, it's just not my thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there were plenty of games out there that I have no interest in playing. And if I played them, I'd probably feel the same way. Yeah, I, I mean, I will tell you, you know, we I got back and I was going through the games with Josh, my podcast partner, and he instantly said, man, I want to play that. That's, you know, that's exactly the type of game I want to play. So I told him, well, these these bozos are going to play again at BGG Con. You can have my seat and I wish you a much happier and more enjoyable five hours than I spent playing this damn thing. Now, Jim, you were saying that normally it only takes, what, maybe three hours? It's usually been a three- to four-hour game, somewhere in that area. Um, this game did go a little longer than they usually go. The wall usually comes down quicker than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we slow-played it as well. We were learning it. We're learning it in an environment that wasn't conducive to learning because we were in the center of the room pretty much of that side and, and people around us talking. Um, I think uh, four or five people stopped in to say goodbye to you when we were playing it because we were playing it on Sunday. Some people were leaving. Um, so, so I, you know, our actual game time probably was even closer to three and a half hours once you take away all those interruptions at, at that point. And so a game like this is going to feel a little longer, a little more like a slog uh, when you're in that situation, I think. But Fair point. it's also been, and, and, I, and I take Brandon's point, perfectly because it has been this way three i think i've played it six seven times now three or four of those times there's always been one person at the table that just is not digging it at all and there's usually been three people who are absolutely loving it and one person who can go either way on it so it's it's kind of that game there is some polarizing effects of that game one thing being mentioned by eric and, and edward you were pointing out is that there's a lot of map space that didn't seem to get used um 
But as we've played more, when I played with people who played it previously, we, we start seeing more of that map space being used. People see other ways to go about their business in the game. So Yeah, I mean, I could, I could definitely see that the more you know how to play that game, the it feels like earlier on in the game, you're going to jump into stuff that you need to jump into. You know, you can start moving into the middle of Spain and start moving around France. And just you can do so much more there earlier on that we weren't even I wasn't even formulating until, you know, a third of the way through the game. And at that point, it just didn't matter. It didn't matter for me to start making those moves. Um, what I think is interesting is that this isn't kind of this isn't a traditional war game, even though it is a big board with a bunch of hexes and and there's some cubes. It's actually more of like a political negotiation. Right. Game. You know, and right. so people are just going back and forth, negotiating on specific things instead, which was interesting. Um, the deal, the wheeling and dealing that could be made. Um, and I normally hate negotiation games, and for whatever reason, this worked well for me. Um, I don't know if it was because it was loosely war gamey or not, or it was based on history um, with the Spanish succession stuff in seventeen and the early seventeen hundreds. I don't know, but. I don't know. I liked it. I am on board for BGG Con. Let's do it. I think that cool. we should hear from the big dog now. What did you think of 1714 Case of the Catalans, Edward? Oh, I, I didn't know who you were referencing when you said big dog. There's less of me now. There is. You're half the man you used to be. <laughs> Which, in this case, is a good thing. He's actually, um, he actually, yeah, like, like he, he wants Asher to tell us. Like you said, uh, Jim, I, I started out really, really digging it. And then it, I, I think the interruptions and just kind of it did drag a bit. But I think that was due to because of the fact that we were playing it Sunday afternoon, early evening and people were leaving, kept getting interrupted. It was hard to really get into the flow. And then it just felt a little disjointed for me. But I think that was an environment issue than it was the game i'm looking forward to playing it again with the three of us and maybe maybe josh and i don't know if mark said he was coming to be yes i'll be the water boy okay cool yeah uh so anyway enough about 1714 but but before we get off that just one we don't have to have that game as the game we all reconvene on i mean i'm up for anything agreed so I Agreed. won't say I mean, anything, but I'm up for All right, no else castle panic, sure. fine. No castle panic. <laughs> so, all right, enough about that. What what other games did you guys play, and what were your thoughts in general, like about the, the con and outside of tra- having to travel, Jim, to, through DIA to Denver? <laughs> outside of having to travel? Um, I, it was great. I, I You know, yeah. the people were... Uh, Everybody was friendly. You could sit down at any table that had an opening, and nobody was going to give you the stink eye. Uh, Mark and I got s- sat at a table that had some special Age of Steam map going on with two guys named Chad who were clearly uh, great white sharks at the game. But yes, they were more they than happy to welcome us into the game as chum. Uh, and yet, and yet, we still felt like we had a good time. We, I mean, we we did have a good time. We had a really good time. We we tried to compete. We did the did it through the best of our ability. I'm not sure why it's called Heavy Con. I think it should be called Train Con or 18XX Con. But no, don't say that. Stop right there, Tony. Tony, going to 18XX Con. Tony, what do you think? Played. Hey, Jim, I'm with you on fighting back against all the locomotives and trains. That we can make this Heavy Con. It doesn't have to be Train Con. Yeah. Agreed. One table with train game. That's it. 
next Come time. Come on, seriously. People are now going to think that's all we played. I it, didn't Well, for play. some people it was. We, for no, some we, people that's that is not all we played. I was there. We had this. I, no train Hold games on. except... I did not play a single 18xx game the entire time. Well, that's because you were in a five-day version of Mega Civil. You know, you didn't play anything but that. You played Hospital, Mega Civ, and Barbecue. That was all you played, and then you were too exhausted to really enjoy 1714. So come on. <laughs> Hospital, <laughs> Mega Civ, and Barbecue. What a weekend, Dad. That summed up the whole con. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, it's too bad all this sound isn't going to come out. Oh. <sighs> Speaking of speaking of hospital, man, it was so great to have the splutter guys there. How did you guys feel about that? <laughs> I uh I, I played I played a game of Pax Perfiriana with Yoris and that was awesome. I I beat him. But it was also nice. his first time to play the game. <laughs> and I beat him by it a was... dollar. <laughs> It was exciting to have the splatter guys uh, was, yeah. decide to come from the Netherlands. Uh, I gotta say, it was a little surreal um, sitting down. The very first game of the con that I played was the uh, Heavy Cardboard XL Age of Steam map that uh, Jim was alluding to earlier. Was that a train uh, game? It, oh, you did play a train I, game, turns out. I said I didn't Weird. play an 18xx. So it was a bit surreal to be playing a map that some friends of ours had designed for the con for our show with a couple of uh, the aforementioned sharks, uh, but also with the splatter guys. It was, it was a bit surreal and uh, pretty cool. Not going to lie. That was, uh, that was pretty special. And did the sharks um, let the splatter guys win? or Say again? Did the sharks take it easy on everybody, or did they just go to town again? Oh, um, well, Jeroen... For one, is an absolute shark at every pretty Single much game. every game That's he why plays. He's splatter, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, although Amanda beat him at Southern Rails, uh, Winsome at BGG Con, he just wiped the walls with us on the map. Uh, he he crushed everybody. All right, so I'll talk about a couple of my high points. I taught a couple of games at Tricarian. One of them, thanks to Travis, because I was out of breath by the time we got to the performance <laughs> phase, which is probably the most complicated portion of the game. That was great. Also, Travis and I, strangely enough, co-taught an excellent game of Kanban, which went really, yeah. really well. So that's my version of heavy games there. I We didn't play train games, but we played Tricarian and Kanban, arguably two reasonably heavy games. Totally fits in with the theme of what we're, the con's about. So no, that that's awesome. I'm glad. Have, had you played both of them before? Yeah, I played both of them. And like I said, I taught I, I taught pretty much all of them. But that's that's fun for me to be able to teach something heavy because my group doesn't really play heavy games. So there's one guy here, two guys that I play with once in a while that are heavy. But for me to be able to actually teach multiple people that want to learn, that was really exciting. Now, he's not telling the whole story either because he taught another game that was super heavy, probably the heaviest game of the con. It was a good one. Is actually one that Jim, the master of heavy games, won. Yeah. And that I, was... I, I was breaking a sweat. I mean, that was really hard to think and, and really come up with the, with the answers to how to win that game. He was. It was amazing. Jim, you are an expert riffraff player. Riffraff from Zoc is one of the coolest dexterity games 
on the planet and Jim mastered it on try one. So Ed, why don't you, why don't you tell us Ed, what the highlight of the con was for you? I mean, we would all love to hear the high point for me personally. Yeah. Don't get all sentimental or mushy. Just tell us what was the best part. Honestly, well, it's going to be all sentimental and mushy, but, um, I knew it. It was the, the giveaways, uh, and that whole kind of had everybody in the room and was just telling everybody thanks and, uh, presenting the uh, golden elephant award to the splatter guys for food chain magnate, uh, that, and just, I don't know, man, seeing, you know, 40 some odd people hanging out, having a great time and, Everyone just having a good time, and that was that was the high point. Honestly, I mean, I I say that I don't want to run a convention. That's why I'm trying to keep this small. Uh, but it's inevitable that a part of it is going to be running the convention. But with it small, it kind of runs itself. But as Jim said earlier, I tend to get interrupted quite a bit, whether that's people asking questions or for whatever reason. So. That's the price I pay, so to speak, for running a convention. But seeing everybody have a great time and to know that the reason they came was just to be able to get together with one another and play the types of games that we really dig, that was the highlight. I, I, I don't know. I mean, the games are fine, but I play games every every week here with our group. So that's cool, but just seeing everybody have fun. That really, truly was the uh, the highlight for Mema. So, what was the individual highlights for y'all? Playing Jim's game, Jim Jim brought his uh, prototype um, horse racing game. Um, that was I, I play. I, so I play a lot of prototypes from guys around here, and um, Jim's was actually the best put together prototype of a game that that I've seen and that I played and that I sat down and really enjoyed it and Jim I'm not just trying to like blow up your ego so that it matches Edwards right now but um (laughs) but I but but seriously it was just a cool experience and a cool game just to see that happen and I think we played it super late one night and then the next day we played with six people and it just it just worked you know I mean obviously dude it was a blast yeah yeah, I mean, there's there's still stuff to do, you know, but I mean, it was like, hey, this is this is legit and it's fun and it's a cool theme and yeah, just all together, it just worked out really well. So I mean, playing individual games, yeah, sure, that was fun, but I think hanging out with you guys and being able to play something that one of us has created, I think, is a really cool thing for me. Yeah, that's my highlight, I guess. <laughs> I can't say it's not right. <laughs> I mean, so I was no, I, I was happy about that. I mean, there were a lot of highlights, but uh, I got to say that uh, that that was fun. I enjoyed that. Um, I wasn't even going to bring it out. And I brought it Mark. I talked about it with Mark and Travis, and we pulled it out the night before. And they're all, eh, we're tired now, but maybe pull it out, maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I haven't learned the the shame the art of shameless promotion as well as uh, those guys at Heavy Cardboard and Brawling Brothers. But <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> So, you know, I, I kept it in the bag while while the uh, splatter guys were there. And when they left, I'm like, all right, I feel a little better about bringing it out so I don't look like a you know real tool or anything. Um, Hold on. Seriously, was that a conscious thought? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. I grew up in a household, you know, uh, my old man just said you don't impose on anybody for anything. And so hmm. despite as boisterous as I can be, um, that that's one of those things you grow up in a Catholic household with that. You know, you can't get rid of some of that stuff very easily. So that's why you guys all have sponsors. It's kind of funny. I'm sitting there at uh, breakfast talking with Yoris and uh, Chad from uh, Board Game Tables. And we were talking a little bit about it. I says, yeah, we don't have sponsors. We haven't gone and asked. And Chad goes, do you want a sponsor? I said, I don't know. <laughs> that was it. So that's a wrong answer, just so you know. But we'll, I, I I'll understand work with that. you on that off the you, air. That's what I was. <laughs> I was hoping we were going to have a round table there. But, you know, mega sieve. I mean, what can you do? <laughs> I'm the <laughs> fine. <laughs> well, well, now we all knew that going in, though. Sounds, huh? I, I just I just realized that the way this sounds, it sounds like the four of us just played games by ourselves without anybody else the entire con. No, I, I did. I played solo games the whole con. <laughs> Why didn't you just stay home, Travis? Come on, you could do that at home. I know, but I wanted to be in a hotel with a bunch of other people and be awkward. <laughs> Did I mention the whole herding cats of Megasif? So two two really weird things. Um, I played most of the games I played before, which I didn't want to do. On my way in, I'm thinking, all right, I'm jumping in on one of these 18xx games. I'm gonna get in on Age of Steam. I'm gonna do some of these. Oh, do I want to get on Megasif? No, I, I've only got four days, and that takes five. So <laughs> I, I ended up teaching Arkwright uh, once, playing Arkwright another time, um, teaching Lignum, um, teaching 1714. Uh, I only played one or two new games, Riff Raff being the best of them. And I still loved it because one of my pet peeves is that I've not been able to play the games I love often enough with a group of people who are smart enough. Mm -hmm. Well, not smart enough, but, but competitive enough to make them fun. So what are you saying about the people up there where you're at, Jim? Smart enough, huh? Oh, I don't have a game wow. group anymore, man. Yeah, I'll tell you this right now. <laughs> if 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 you guys, if it wasn't Denver, oh my God, if it wasn't Denver, <laughs> if you were in Chicago, if you were in Boston, if you're in Pittsburgh, uh, I, I'd be talking to the wife going, well, what do you think? What do you think? You guys got an office over there? Can we move there? Can we move back to Chicago? I would be considering it because talking to Mark and talking to some of the other guys in, in Edwards gaming group, I just thought, wow, these are guys I want to game with. Everybody's happy to just go out and play a game. And I don't think yeah. I saw any fights, any arguments, any of that usual petty stuff you can see at game nights around various places. And I, I thought that was also amazing. The, the atmosphere was so chilled out. Mm -hmm. Even when it got loud in the room, everybody kind of was okay. Except that final countdown music thing. That was, that was, <laughs> <laughs> there was a point where somebody was playing the final countdown and I thought, <laughs> I thought the people at my table trying to, trying to, trying to club a, a bowhead whale were, were going to explode and turn around and club the person with playing the I final should, countdown. I should fess up. That was at my game, of course. It wasn't me, though, but it's mm. Chad Deshaun from BoardGameTables.com was uh, stuck in the very thinky process of trying to decide what trick to prepare on what card in Tricarian. And he had three tricks, and I think his his head almost exploded. So at about the four-minute mark, we decided that it, we needed a soundtrack, and it was the final countdown. 
So I apologize awesome. for interrupting your table, playing whatever train game you guys were playing, Jim. <laughs> but Tricarium was more important, clearly. <laughs> we were. We were clubbing we were clubbing seals and Neanderthal. Oh damn. Mm. So I, I will say that we are extremely fortunate with our game group here in town and the people that we have. It's yeah, we're just we're lucky in that respect. And I'm glad to see that that same kind of hey, we're we're we all get along, we're all just here to have fun and play games carried over into HeavyCon, you know, along mm. with 35 other strangers that none of us had met other than online and such. Well, that was also the thing. None of us had met, and it was very... Everybody walked in. I mean, look at Travis for an example. Everybody walked... No, I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying that in a good way. It's, <laughs> look it, at Travis. You are supposedly guy. the guy who's shy and everything, and yet everybody was very uh, engaged with each other, and, and it seemed like you knew people. Uh, before you even walk through the door, everybody was really Agreed. welcoming with each other, whether they were from there or coming in from somewhere else. So that was that was quite a uh, quite a feat to pull off with 50 people. I've been in rooms with 125 where nobody uh, people are looking at the floors and not nobody's trying to get a game together with each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. I'm I glad think to hear I, that. I think what was I think what was nice is. More than anything, it was just the commonality of it. You had people who were in it who were all quasi heavy gamers. That, so, it so it, whenever you go, kind of go to a typical game night, it could be, "Hey, do you want to play a game? Sure. What what game do you want to play? Carcassonne with the River expansion. Okay, um, I don't. I want to play Kanban, right? And so you have to navigate kind of those tricky waters of. Well, let's try and find a game that meets in between those two. Um, but I think in HeavyCon, you could just pretty much walk up to anybody and say, hey, do you want to play? Yeah, it wasn't a problem to sit here and, and play a three-hour-long game with somebody. You could just do it and say, I'll teach you, or you teach me, or we'll learn together. Like I think I, I was complaining about halfway into the con because all I had done was either teach or learn games and all I really want to do is just sit down and play a game that I didn't have to teach anybody how to do anything. And I was actually able to get Larry, my roommate, um, in to play a game of Fields of Arl. And I was like, hey, have you played Arl? He's like, yeah. I'm like, do, do you want to play it right now, right before the barbecue happened? It's like, let's just do it. We can knock it out. It'll take an hour. It'll be perfect. I don't have to teach you anything. Excellent. Good. And it was just so nice to be able to sit down and just play a game that nobody had to learn and nobody had to teach. But that, I mean, what kind of a complaint is that, that I didn't have to teach her or learn a new game from somebody that it wasn't like pulling teeth to teach anybody a game either. Everybody was like, yeah, sure. I'm in. I want to play. Nobody was sitting there on their phone the whole time, unless you're Brandon eating breakfast or whatever it was. But I mean, that's really about it. Wow. Nice. And as, as the con grows, as the same people keep coming back, uh, they're having been taught or learned these other games. Mm-hmm. Now it just widens that field and games that you don't have to teach, right? Yep. Cool. It's good. All right. So, good job. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. I'm glad you guys uh, had a good time. All right. So I appreciate you guys coming on. Any last uh, any last thoughts before we uh, we wrap it up? 
Hey, the big thing for me is thank you for including me. Even though you know typically heavy games isn't my thing, I thought you guys did an amazing job. I couldn't imagine the logistics of planning this. I can barely plan to get together once a week with my podcast partner to record a show, much less throwing a giant party for 44 of my best friends. So my hat's off to both you and Amanda and all the other local heavy cardboard guys amazing time i can't wait to do it again cool i appreciate it and is this where i'm supposed to say that well we invited josh and you just happened to be the one that came that's a lie you actually invited me and josh bailed on <laughs> i'm you, kidding that's you fine no you know that's not true no i'm glad you made it man and i'm glad you got to uh expand your horizons a little bit and enjoyed it enough that you want to come back so that's pretty much the biggest compliment you can pay right yeah i mean it's same same thing that brandon said you know just it, it was good i got the invite last year and i wasn't able to go because i was out of town and this year was it was nice it was really good to be able to go um that i already kind of have it quasi scheduled for next year just make sure that i have vacation days for that time to to take off i i was talking about it we we actually low player count we actually recorded last night and i was talking about heavy con and i i kind of i i kind of agree with what your rune said to you i think right before we left of i actually think i like this more than bgg con um the only for for a number of reasons once again it's just easier to find a game because it's just like everything i said earlier it's easier to find a game because these people are in and they 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 like the same type of stuff that you do um it's not as overwhelming as bgg con is um but bgg con is hometown for me and i can stay at the hotel and game until three o'clock in the morning and crawl up into my room and wake up four hours later and go play another game um and so you get a little bit of that with heavy con as well so yeah great job man like it yeah did you appreciate it did you also notice that edward uh, rose about two feet above the ground when your told him that he liked it better than bgg con he just Wouldn't started you? floating yes. in the air yeah i just <laughs> i did earlier when travis talked about my game i really appreciated that i probably didn't thank him enough for that um i the great part about going last is i don't have to say everything these two guys said they said it for me um uh here's the best thing i can say i'll come back to denver yeah. Wow. <laughs> On my Holy show, Jim, cow. you'd get a ding right now. Oh. oh. Seriously. <laughs> oh, well, you know, give me a ding on the next show. You got um, it. <laughs> Randomly. But, in the but, middle of it. But I'm still gonna I'm still gonna lobby for it to go elsewhere. No noted. <laughs> no, on a serious note, I really do appreciate you guys both coming as well as doing this little kind of impromptu mm-hmm. round table for our wrap up show. So thanks a lot for coming. Sure and you guys want to plug your shows real quick. We'll 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 go in opposite order. Travis, go for it. Um, I am part of Low Player Count, a podcast about solitaire and two-player board games. You can find us online at lowplayercount.com and all over the social medias at Low Player Count. Cool. And Jim, Mr. Self-Promotion himself. Wow. I get to do a shameless plug. It's first one ever. Uh <laughs> I do. With my partner, Eric, we do Punching Cardboard Podcast, and I actually said that. I, I can never say it when I announce it. Um, we talk about, we, we're pretty much in the same wheelhouse with a lot of heavy games, but we'll go a little lighter now and then. We'll talk war games. We'll talk pretty much any type of game, but we also talk a little whiskey, and we'll tell you a little bit about uh, music and what kind of scotch to drink as well. Good stuff. I, I subscribe to all three, actually, here. And last but not least, Brandon. 
Yeah, I'm Brandon, and Josh is my podcast partner. He likes horrible games. They're old and crusty, and I like the good stuff. But our show is Brawling Brothers. We're kind of the, I don't know, our listeners describe us as the morning drive talk show of board gaming. So we're a little random. We do some things that are quite unconventional in the board game podcast scene, but we're different like that. So check us out at brawlingbrothers.com. And that's the exact way that I would have described you as well. I think that nails it. So, all right, guys, thanks again for coming on. And, uh, well, I guess I'll see everybody at BGGCon and then next year at HeavyCon. All right, so for the second half of the HeavyCon recap, we have a couple of guests along with myself and Amanda. We have somebody you might recognize, some dude by the name of Anthony Fryer. Hey, hey, hey. And we also have uh, one of our friends and a member of our game group and a non-podcaster, just a a regular Joe attendee of Heavycom. We wanted to try and include somebody else, and that is our buddy Ash Jackson. So say hi, Ash. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Of course. Happy to have you. So we figured we would do kind of a freeform thing here, uh, since I already spoke uh, with the podcast guys about kind of my take on this. For the most part, I'll just facilitate. So without further ado, um, have at it. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, HeavyCon was fantastic, man. Like one of my favorite things was meeting all of these fantastic people. Mm-hmm. What a community Heavy Cardboard has. Everybody was really, really cool, well-behaved, respectful, uh, great gamers. I, I just had a blast uh, shaking a lot of hands and not catching any colds or anything. I know. It was awesome, right? I was totally expecting to be sick as a dog, but everybody Con-crud. was... Yeah, nothing at all. I've yet to... Yeah, I have yet to hear anyone get sick. This is amazing. <laughs> Maybe we just have cleaner gamers. Maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Come to HeavyCon 17, the clean game con. Yeah, you won't get sick, we promise. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, you stole the words right out of my mouth. I was, I had the exact same thought. Uh, for me, HeavyCon was fantastic. And kind of the tagline I've been using is, great people playing great games. Uh, everyone that I met was awesome. And someone that I would play games with regularly if we happened to live in the same area code. That's awesome. Um, for most of them, I'll just settle for playing games with them next year at the next Heavy Combo. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it kind of is irritating, honestly, that some of these people we don't get to see more often than Heavy Con and BGG Con for me and Edward. So, And now this year Tony's coming, so that'll be fun. That's um, right. Yeah. It's just it's so nice to meet everybody and see everybody again that came the previous year. And you just it's so nice to be able to play games with people other than our game group that are still like they could be in our game group (laughs) (laughs) we just have like a giant game group now yeah exactly right we were pretty uh i guess lucky in a sense or i guess the the first year of HeavyCon made a good enough impression that out of the 18 attendees of HeavyCon 1 16 of them came back for HeavyCon 2 so that was cool so of so we had 16 old attendees including present company, the three of us at least, uh, Ash being new to our game group as well as the HeavyCon. But then we had uh, Dead on 30 
uh, other people, new folks from either listeners or just fans of the show or uh, yours and your rune from Splatter, obviously, or just folks of fans of heavy games. So that was pretty cool. Well, I hope uh, for next year's HeavyCon 17 that uh, we get a similar rate of return. Yes. Where, you know, of the 44 or whatever, 40 at least attend next year as well. Well, I will say I sent out a uh, uh, like a end of con survey to everybody that attended, and uh, so far fourteen respondents. And I, I realize Amanda and Tony and I did not get one. I will remedy that. <laughs> but out of the the fourteen of the forty four that I sent out, everyone has said they want to come back. So it to me that is the epitome of the uh, success. That's. Yeah, yeah, that that tells me that everybody had a good time. If they want to come back, that's the key, it means, right? It means we did it right. So speaking of meeting folks, we're all fanboys, except for Amanda. She's a fan I'm girl. A fan girl. Uh-huh. Of the Splatter guys and their fantastic better halves. It was just, um, it was an honor and a pleasure to meet those folks. They're super funny. They're great gamers. Rune's a train game nut, so I was pretty pleased to see that. <laughs> Just, yeah, uh, you were happy about that. Except for that f***ing Uber driver ruining Yoris's <sighs> trip. Uh, it was yeah. pretty fantastic. Yeah, I suppose we ought to mention that. So on Thursday night, which is the first official night of the con, even though we had some side gaming going on on Wednesday during after setup, uh, a bunch of people went out to eat, and one car of three attendees... Uh, Got where they took an Uber cab back, and the Uber cab driver was not paying attention, did a U turn, and they got T boned at a moderately high rate of speed, about 45, 50 miles an hour. Thankfully, the other two occupants of the car, uh, all, both heavy con attendees as well, were relatively unscathed, a little bit banged up, obviously, but not they didn't need to go to the hospital, whereas yours did. Um, so Yarun and I spent all of Thursday night into Friday morning at the hospital, and that was less than pleasant. Uh, but all in all, he's healing. It, I, I think it was just some rib issue, but he was able to travel home safely, and he's healing and should be back to normal here in the next few number of weeks. So thankfully... I am not going to be known as the guy who killed Splatter. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Ash, are you a Splatter fanboy of any? Tony, you clearly just stole all of my notes. Um, I have written down <laughs> one of the highlights. One of the highlights for me of the entire con was uh, breakfast, uh, I believe, Sunday morning. Um, Yoris and Yarun were down there at breakfast, and they were holding the tables with rapt attention, kind of discussing their design ethic and uh, how their design has evolved over the years um, and kind of their their philosophy in general about games. And it was fantastic to get to discuss that with them. Um, I mean, it was having, having that kind of one-on-one, well, not one-on-one, but almost um, uh, time, time with, with those guys. Uh, and like you said, and their better halves too, uh, was... Uh, tremendous, uh, ir- irreplaceable, once in a lifetime kind of experience. Right on. Uh, that was my highlight. Second only, or rather, that was my highlight. The second highlight being the night before, winning 
the great Zimbabwe and then having both of them sign the game. Nice. Uh, that's that's <laughs> yeah. the, that's in the permanent collection. Like that's that's not going anywhere except to game day. That's right awesome. On, right on. Oh yeah. yeah I'm I, so I had them sign my games too. <laughs> Se- several people did. They agreed to do an autograph session. So yep. yeah. Wh- right after the uh, the ceremony to give away the uh, golden elephant or present the golden elephant to them, and then we did the uh, the giveaway for all the games. Uh, afterwards, the guys were gracious enough to hang out and just sign different games that obviously splatter games that uh, people wanted, and it was a it was a pretty cool line mm-hmm. of people. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to get to the back from being up in the front with you giving away the award and everything and all the giveaways, and I had to fight to get past <laughs> the line of people that were lined up to have them sign stuff. It was pretty cool. And when I asked Jeroen if they would be willing to do so. Uh, he was like, of course we would. He says, to be honest with you, it's still a little weird for us that people want us to sign stuff. Uh, and I was like, I, yeah, I, I can imagine that would be a little odd. But then again, the guys are so humble and just so, they're just normal dudes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, that was very, very cool. And I got them, obviously, to sign our food chain magnate. Yeah. And we now have a tree things. on one of our streets. That someone, yeah. one of them drew, nice yeah, little your, tree. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Yeroen drew a tree, so I was like, okay, that now has a permanent uh, garden attached to that house. <laughs> <laughs> um, that award was the uh, next thing on my list. It, it was uh, it looked fab- fabulous, especially like under that light, where it really brought out the engraving in that mm-hmm. uh, in that crystal. And uh, I sure hope the guys dug it because it was uh, pretty spectacular. I really think they did, yeah. It's just it because every time that I've posted about it on Facebook or anything, Yoris has been one of the first people to respond to be like, "I love my pretty award." <laughs> <laughs> that must be weird for him too, then, huh? <laughs> yeah. Getting like awards and stuff. Uh-huh. Well, actually, Yoris said that this was the first award that they've ever received, and I, how how weird is that? Yeah, that's a that's that, a travesty. Yes, isn't that it? Can't be right. mockery, I say. <laughs> but I, I was like, wow, that's that's pretty awesome. Yay us. And and, and obviously yay them for making an amazing game in, in Food Chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. One of, one of my other highlights uh, for me was getting to play Megasiv. Um, to me, that was another kind of once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I think we had 16 people playing. Um, 14. And, oh, 14. There you go. Um, and that was just tremendous fun. You know, all of us crowded around the table uh, shoving our chits around and getting them all blown up by the various catastrophes. The catastrophes came early and often, mm-hmm. some more so for some people than others. Uh, overall, I think everybody really enjoyed it. Now, Amanda and Tony didn't play in it, so that was just you and me, Ash, along with obviously 12 others. But I think overall it was really successful. Um, there were there were a few moments of hurting cat feeling. Um, to, but overall, uh, I hope it becomes a staple of uh, HeavyCon every year. Well, for me, it was definitely one of the lowlights of HeavyCon when one-third of the people occupied half of the room and made our half of the room where we were playing real games. Uh, <gasps> oh, no, I'm kidding. Bite I'm kidding. your tongue, I, you know, I'm sir. Not, I'm just not that. I'm not into Heavy... heavy uh, I'm sorry, I'm not into Megasif. Um, yeah, it made our room a little loud at the time. I do know that uh, that was my one concern about yeah. the con uh, from the get-go was the fact that 
when we first reserved the spot, we didn't know if we would be able to get 40 some odd people to actually commit to coming and come to find out that wasn't an issue. And, no. <laughs> and, and we actually had to limit it. Uh, so that said, the space was a little bit tight. Um, well, not so much table space wise, more or less noise wise at times. Yeah, the, so the noise was the problem for me. That was my right. number one gripe. Yeah. And that's that's something obviously we're going to address in future years. We've already outgrown the space that we had, which is a shame because the hotel was the hotel was awesome. Yeah. But it just they they physically don't have enough space to host us. Uh, so we're going to be moving. We're going to be looking at a new place in August and uh, deciding on that then. It's really unfortunate because we love everybody loved the hotel and the the people at the hotel were all awesome. And the rooms were like suites with. Uh, mm-hmm fridges and did they have stoves in there i didn't stay yep. yeah so they did yep. like fridges I mean, stoves microwaves dishes yeah it was like dishwasher. perfect arrangement for gamer nerds go go make a sandwich and you <laughs> yep. know take a nap and come back down and, mm-hmm. and a lot of people did that a lot yeah. of people bought stuff and just st- stored it in the refrigerator so that they wouldn't have to go try to find food somewhere um you know i thought the i thought the noise wasn't so bad you know there was a game of uh, 1714 the case of the catalans and clearly the Catalans were getting the bad end of the stick. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the to me, it, it was a small room, and that's kind of the noise level I'd expect from, from that size of room. You know, the, the fun of board games is playing with other people, right? And to me, I found it a blast being able to pause from my game and look out and see 10 other, you know, amazing games underway, you know, from... Jeroen teaching people uh, Dutch interurban railway, which seemed very apropos to me. Dutch inner city, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks, Dutch inner city, and um, uh, you know, to eighteen XX games and everything in between. Uh, I didn't find the noise uh, really all that offensive. Uh, as far as the hotel, it, you know, it's kind of a good standard nice hotel. Um, and if if we upgrade next year, then we'll have you know plusher carpets and and fancier uh fancier surroundings to our fancy games <laughs> yeah nice yeah and we definitely are uh actually i talked to uh the the my point of contact at the hotel who actually has inns at other hotels in the area that have bigger spaces so he's gonna help us work with that to uh, accommodate that going forward so that's that's definitely in a, a nice thing. So when both sides are happy with the other, one another, the hotel with us, us with the hotel, um, it's nice to be able to establish those bridges. So that's a good thing. Well, I want to say I had a one sad gaming moment and one really thrilling gaming moment that I want to call out. All right, shoot. The sad one was uh, I got to play Imhotep, and I was meh, disappointed. I didn't figure it would be fantastic and everything, and I really appreciate Nicholas dragging it out here, and he taught a bunch of people it. It's got it's pretty cool, but I was really hoping it'd be a lot cooler than it was. That was one of the Spiel des Jahres yeah, finalists, right? Yeah, it's a family game, which I don't imagine going over with too many families unless they like other family members moving their cubes to places they don't want them to be. <laughs> <laughs> might might they cause some family, family fights, right? <laughs> And the, the cool gaming moment was Lance um, of Boards and Bags, oh. and his wife Haley wanted to try an 18XX game, so Andrew Brown and I taught them 18MS, and Ken from our game group played along, 
And everybody liked it. You know, Ken, you know, he's already hooked. Oh, oh no, Ash was in that game too. What am I saying? Yeah, and, I was uh, there too. That's right. Ash was a newbie as well. He was. He wrote on the board, somebody teach me 1846 or something. I said, well, I'm about <laughs> to do this. And, uh, and so he joined us as well. So Ash liked the game. Ken liked the game. Lance was okay with the game. And Haley loves the non-heavy game. His non-heavy gaming wife, yes. mind you. And uh, I, I was chatting with Lance on email the other day, and he said, Haley wants to purchase an 18xx game. That's awesome. <laughs> like, That's Yay! fantastic. Yay! We're converts. Yay! <laughs> uh, I'll add to that, Tony. You did a fantastic job of teaching the game. Haley won the game, and not by a little bit. Um, and Lance, uh, in his defense, uh, kind of got the, uh, the bad end of the turn order starting out. Uh, he always, yeah. se- he always seemed to be behind the train rush, even though that game is not really a train rush game. Right. Um, but yeah, for, that was another one of my highlights. I've heard about 18xx games for years and years and years and finally got the chance to play it. And I loved it. I, I'm, I'm a train nut outside of board games and I loved it just as much as I thought I would. So I do ask the the three of you. Give me your input on when I talked with all the podcast guys, they were like, yeah, it's it's 18xx con. And I was like, stop, don't give people the impression that that's the case. So now there were a number of 18xx games played, but 13, in fact, guys, how many 13? All right. But there were also plenty of other non 18xx games played. There were hundreds of other games on tables. So, like, this is a great place to play some 18xx games, but this is not an 18xx convention. No, they have those, and this isn't it. Right. Yeah, I mean, Keyflower through the ages, uh, you know, even lighter stuff like Gloria to Rome and Codenames broke out after midnight. And Cockroach Poker, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. You did get to play that. <laughs> I played a, a game of Innovation, uh, 13 Days, Pie Mouth Flowman, you know, in between games of Dominant Species, yeah. uh, Age of Steam, uh, Arkwright, and there was Democker getting played. There was uh, Ash mentioned the uh, Keyflower and the the Catalans, and there were, I mean, Brass. I Three saw Kingdoms Brass on the Redux. Table. Mm-hmm. This was I, con, uh, Container was out there. Yep. This is a heavy game convention, guys. It was heavy games. It was war games. It was eighteen XX, yeah. and it, and then after midnight, it was goofy games. It everything got played at this convention. It wasn't just one specific type of game for everybody. We had Mega Civ, but then on the other side, we had while Edward was playing Mega Civ, I was playing Churchill with yeah. with Travis and with a guy from our game group, Dave. And it's just it 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 wasn't just one type of game at this convention. Everything got played. And it was fun. It was. And actually, that exhaustive list uh, seems like a good segue into the one thing that I would improve. And it was about myself. Um, I would actually improve how I pace myself through the con. Uh, By two-thirds of the way through, uh, I was still playing games, but it was kind of like trying to fit my brain through a fine steel mesh. Um, (laughs) I was still having fun. Don't get me wrong. I was still having a blast pushing my brain through through sharp pieces of metal. Um, But... I'm not sure that I was uh, that I was at my best uh, game playing there by the end, but it was a blast. Um, and really, I would just give myself more breaks between, you know, uh, jumping from uh, Jim's amazing horse racing uh, prototype game into 
you know, the second game of Concordia straight on to uh, Age of Steam XL, the Netherlands map, which was my first <laughs> Age of Steam game, too. Dude, when I unboxed that, it was amazing. <laughs> it really oh, it's was. so impressive <laughs> to see on the table. That was actually Kevin, another thanks, one of those dude. experience games where, you know, you don't get to get a seven-person game of Age of Steam going all that often. Especially with gigantic bits. Yeah, that was, like like Tony was saying, uh, Kevin uh, in Kansas City, our buddy, he surprised us with this, and it was just the only thing I'm upset about now is now I feel like he's kind of ruined our regular Age of Steam games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we want everything big. Right. Texas that was that, that, Yeah, that was just amazing. That was fantastic. And on your note, Ash, about the whole pacing yourself thing, that's why, I mean, I'm the type to where, obviously, everybody who's talking here, we all love our heavy games, but you only have so much brain power and it has to regenerate. And so that's why I was able to, you know, break it up with games like Innovation and, you know, Ponzi Scheme and, and you know, little Pymau Flaumen stuff that, I mean, there's still thought in that, but it's not, you know, Arkwright. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's that's the one of the keys is just pacing yourself, which easier said than done, especially for, for uh, when you're hosting the con. I had a... Uh... A bummer of an experience on Sunday outside of HeavyCon. I wanted to go to that Cajun pho place and try their pho. And I drive down there, and it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Every pho joint on the planet is open from 9 to 9. There's a handwritten sign taped to the door. It says, starting today, we'll open at 3 p.m. on Sundays. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like pissed. Knew you were coming. I had to, like, go to Popeye's, which, you know, hey, I'm good with that. But... I wanted pho. <laughs> I I think I think that is the epitome of first world problem. Yes. <laughs> Did they not know there was I mean, a gaming convention nearby? <laughs> well, at least you live close. I mean, as opposed to say, what if yours and your rune really wanted pho and they wanted to try the Cajun pho? What? They have to I guess come they're going to have year. to wait. Right, they're going to have to wait till next year. And go so after that, 3 o'clock. Right. Tony, you could go there right now after we finish recording. Hmm. It uh, is after 3 p.m. on Sunday, so there is that. The deck <laughs> awaits. Oh. Fire pit, scotch. Speaking of scotch. Yes. <laughs> everybody, I'm not everybody, several people brought some fine spirits to the convention, myself included, and there was m lots of sharing. Everyone was very responsible. I saw nobody even buzzed. But, no, um, I didn't either. Yeah, no, no, it, it was great. But lots of different things to taste. And um, pint glasses by Mo, although I didn't put any scotch in the pint glass. They were uh, the heavy cardboard pint glasses. They were that was neat stuff, man. That was a little tradition, I think. What German Mike kind of started it, did he not? Like last year, yeah. he flew in from Bavaria with a Bavarian whiskey and a, and, ke a keg of Bavarian oh, beer. That's right, and the keg. Yeah. Of it wasn't beer. even a pony keg. It right. was like this a little, little tiny keg. Tiny keg. Oh no, right. it was like the size of a football. It was right. little. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So so. It seems that, uh, you know, kind of BYOB, but it, and everybody just left it out. And the funny thing is, is the bottles that people brought of various whiskeys and scotches, 
they weren't even finished by the end of the con. Yeah. So that tells me that everybody was very respectful and it was tastings. It wasn't drinkings mm-hmm. of them. Right. And just that just really goes to show um, I really how fortunate we've been as far as how cool all the attendees of both years of HeavyCon have been. And it's something that we absolutely plan on hoping to plan on uh, continuing in, in subsequent Insisting, years. Insisting, in fact. Yes. Right? yes. Yes, yes, I would echo that with the uh, the non-whiskey drinks were uh, very plentiful, generously plentiful uh, throughout the entire con. And uh, really, I thought that everyone... Everyone was fantastic, and it, it was as though there were 40 of us just over at somebody's house, mm-hmm. and somebody's house just happened to be in the shape of a hotel. <laughs> yeah, and I would feel the same way. Yep. The barbecue really added to that, too. That was a blast. I know it was a lot of work for you, Edward, out there, but, like, dude, you're just a natural-born grill master. And uh, Dave uh, Cordero, it. he was out there working one of the gr- – you guys had, what, three grills going? We did, yeah, um, and that was that was a lot of fun. But I'm glad everyone definitely enjoyed it because that probably will not happen again. <laughs> uh, it sounds as though from the feedback from everybody that we do want to grow it, but grow it slowly. And so, forty five some odd people. That was fun, but we're I'm all set with that because I don't want to do it for sixty five, no, seventy, seventy five no, people. No. So, but nevertheless, man, it was uh, it was delicious. It was awesome, and everybody cool. was just mingling and grubbing. It was cool. I, I agree. Uh, I'm from Texas originally. It was fantastic barbecue, and it's the best barbecue I'll ever hope to eat here in Colorado. You flatter me, sir. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's true. But you're probably right, Grillmaster. <laughs> <laughs> hey, la- last thing for me. Last thing for me. The sponsors. Holy crap! Holy man. crap! Everybody got two games, unless they did some wheeling and dealing, and there was a lot of wheeling and dealing because people were making, you know, with, I know you guys made um, little index card size certificates for each game that was given away, and you guys uh, lovingly paired them up so that it was like a, a balanced i imagine it was like a heavy economic game at the euler household pairing up these giveaways so that everybody got uh, a great set of gifts from the sponsors and then so they were just random in the bags right so uh, uh, okay these this pairing goes in this bag this pairing goes in this bag then when people signed up they just grabbed a bag grabbed a bag yeah and so then they were free to say well i got this and i got this but i already have a copy of this i see you got that you want to trade and there was some mm-hmm. wheeling and dealing and horse trading going on and uh it was pretty cool we thought it yeah we thought it'd be a good way for people to break the ice if they didn't know each other we thought that hey you know what'd you get oh i got that and i already have a copy so do you want it you know that type of stuff and it sounded like some people really went above and beyond in doing that and we did have a whiteboard that People would write down what they had and what they'd want to trade for and what they might want in return for, you know, trading out the index cards and stuff. So a lot of people wanted the dice tray that Kyle got. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was bursting to, to jump in. The gorgeous Wormwood Purple Heart dice tray. 
God, that thing was amazing. The entire table was just an explosion of generosity and gifts. You know, uh, you had, I mean, we, we were ogling the table that whole Thursday evening when everyone was checking in and nice. getting their bags. Like it was, it was like you had walked into, uh, oh gosh, I can't think of it. Um, it, it was the golden suitcase um, from Pulp Fiction, or it's, you know, the Ark of the Covenant from Indiana Jones. I mean, it was just <laughs> gleaming with golden light, this huge pile of games, some of them impossibly expensive and out of print, um, mine being one of them. <laughs> yeah, we were pretty fortunate in that. Uh, I sent out re- requests to a bunch of different publishers as well as non-game publishers but thing uh companies like meeple realty the broken token obviously our sponsors game surplus um boardgametables.com brought four tables with oh, them yeah they were awesome for us to play on um those were fantastic but i reached out to i don't know roughly 40 companies give or take and some companies actually reached out to us which was really uh pretty cool in the end we had 30 sponsors of HeavyCon and some companies sent one thing which was totally totally uh awesome yeah absolutely. and some some companies went embarrassingly overboard on that uh, i don't want to specifically name names because of the fact that i don't want them getting hounded by other other folks but let's just say i i was blown away um at the generosity by all the sponsors so and we wanted to make a really cool entrance for when everyone came in on Thursday morning, whenever they first showed up, we closed off one of the entrances, so everybody had to come in through and see the uh, the loot table and all the giveaways. And I gotta say, I did have an insane amount of fun pairing up. Oh, this game with this thing, or this thing with this game uh, for the giveaway bags, and we made it a game for ourselves kind of and then exactly like what you guys had said we wanted it to be an interactive thing since we were going to do the giveaway saturday night we thought okay from thursday morning to saturday night that gives people three days to introduce each other get talking to one another and maybe do a little a little negotiation game because uh, let's face it everybody there loves gaming so why not make the uh, giveaways a game in and of itself and it sounds like as a whole, that was uh, that was pretty doggone successful. So that was thanks to all our sponsors as well as thanks to all the attendees that 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 made that a fun aspect of it. Yeah, I agree. It was it was a great way for me. You know, everyone's name tag was bright and clear, and you could say, "Hi, I'm Ash. I won the Great Zimbabwe. What did what did you win?" And so just getting uh, a, a little bit to brag, but also like you said, just kind of compare <laughs> notes with each other. Uh, before jumping into, you know, the standard, uh, oh, where are you from? Which is your favorite game? And et cetera, et cetera. But no, uh, the other thing about the hotel and our gaming space, um, I liked that you could uh, gather it all in one kind of uh, one one fell swoop. You could see the entire game room. Um, but one of the best parts about it were the game tables that I think about half of the people were playing on. Uh, were uh, from Chad and they were gorgeous tables you know he had brought all the different types that he has you know a hexagon here uh, the big the big rectangle here and he also had brought a budget option uh, that he's prototyping that looked amazing that to me looked looked like the real deal table you know it had all the nice detailing and the nice kind of uh, 
close, tight-fitting joinery that you'd expect from the real deal table. And here it was, you know, uh, the price of a coffee table somewhere else, you know, a solid wood coffee table. And so that was amazing just to get to play on, you know, uh, really nice tables too. You know, it's like when you drink coffee out of really nice, uh, uh, you know, uh, China, it tastes better. The games were, uh, it seems silly to say it, but the games were more fun on the fancy uh, game tables <laughs> with, you know, the recessed edges and the cup holders and, and everything, man, it was, it was fun. It, it does elevate things a bit, doesn't it? It really does. Oh yeah. I a, mean, a touch of class. It, right. Exactly. I mean, I obviously you can play on a on a folding table, you know, and that's no problem. We we have an extra for whenever we have game days here at the house. Uh, we play, you know, through the ages on a two player or whatever. It's totally functional. However, when you do have that nicer table, yeah, it's it's. It doesn't suck. It adds to that. the experience, definitely. It really does. It, it just like I mean, it's the same idea uh, with inserts uh, for games, or uh, the same as the same reason people pimp games, right? Like our copy of Dominant Species instead of the Dominance Cone, we have the little minis for all the animals. It's just that little extra thing that it it adds to the experience. It makes it better. So I I totally agree. Oh, and I think maybe I didn't get to play it, but the uh, the copy of Food Chain Magnet that had the fancy uh, the fancy game pieces in it, the soda bottles and the hamburgers and the French fries. That was so cool to see on the fancy table. I mean, man, <laughs> I, I spent I spent probably um, more time than I think just wandering around the game room, ogling the different games that people were playing. You know, amazing Food Chain Magnet. Uh, over here, uh, obviously, Indonesia looks great spread out on the table. Um, but yeah, uh, just like you said, uh, it's it's a great thing made made even better. Yep, and and that's the the I did the one thing that I did like about the space, even though it was a little bit on the small side, and at times it could be a little bit loud. But again, we'll address these things. This is our first time doing something like this. So outside of that, though, the the one thing that you would mention to Ash that I did like is if you're at the end of one of the rooms, you just look down and you can see all the tables mm -hmm. and all the games. And you could go by and like, oh, there's Dominant Species. Oh, there's Three Kingdoms Redux. There's Brass. There's Arkwright. And it's like, it's just game after game that you're like, damn, I want to be in that game. You know? That was, I gotta be honest, that was badass to see, dude. I ain't gonna lie. That was pretty cool. It was so cool. I would have found myself happy at every single table, uh, every single game, the entire con. Obviously, I can't be in every place at once, and it was hard to choose at times. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, these three games are starting at once. I can't be in all three of them. Yeah, that was hard. <laughs> First world problems again, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It was, it was, a, it was a, a great bounty. Cool. All right, guys. Um, anything else? Is it uh, next Memorial Day yet? Yeah, right? Seriously. I. Uh, but at the same time, I'm okay <laughs> if it takes a little while <laughs> to get here. Should take about a year. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with that because that was uh, it was a lot of work, but it's something that I, I got to say I thoroughly enjoyed. And outside of the car wreck, which is a big uh, caveat there, Outside of that, on Thursday, I got to be honest, man. It really, it really went real smoothly, and I'm, I'm real, 
real happy of with what we're building here and and i i hope folks hear this and want to come and we're like i said we're going to expand it slowly uh and go from there and even uh jim mr i hate denver in dia even said he wants to come back nice so that was um and if i can kind of i guess ooh, ooh, look at me humble brag type thing one thing <laughs> at the very end when yours and Jeroen and bianca and nora were getting ready to leave the con sunday afternoon uh your has took me aside and said hey i really had a good time thanks a lot and he says to be honest with you I enjoy this more than I do BGG Con. And I was like, wow, that was, uh, that didn't suck to hear, let me tell you, <laughs> wow. especially coming from him. So that was really humbling. And in the end, man, I'm just glad we all had fun. Really, that's what it's all about, you know? I'm caught up on sleep now. <sighs> I took a nap Dude. right before this recording. <laughs> that that made it official. I'm caught up. <laughs> I think I'm officially a junkie. I uh, got home from the con and had immediately taken out uh, the Great Zimbabwe and was punching it and was playing a <laughs> learner game here on my coffee nice. table. Nice. Awesome. That's great. I slept all day Monday. Yeah, we did. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, hey, um, I really appreciate you all taking the time to do this and to, you know, have some fun with this and, and to both, I guess, kind of evangelize about HeavyCon, but also just to... Just to spread the joy that we all had. So, uh, Amanda, obviously, thank you um, for all your incredible work. Could not have done it without you. Tony, you were also invaluable. And thank you very much for designing the SNCF map that we were able to give away uh, at HeavyCon. And we'll have more copies that we give away later on the show in subsequent shows. As well as Dude Robin. I think was the single most important person at that con because she kept everything clean. She was the queen of organization and she was extremely giving of her time. And you mentioned Dave, there's Tony KR and uh, Matt and Dana helped out and Ash helped out. And I just, yeah, it's yes, it's me and Amanda putting this on um, as well as Tony, but it's really a group effort with a lot of local folks that we we couldn't have done it without y'all. So a big public thank you to everybody yes. that helped out with that. Yes, mm -hmm. thank you guys so much. And with that, we'll catch y'all next HeavyCon, next Memorial Day. <laughs> Can't wait. All right, Amanda, tell folks how to get in touch with us. Our website is heavycardboard.com. Our email address is contact at heavycardboard.com. Our Twitter is at heavycardboard. Facebook, heavycardboard. Our Instagram is heavycardboard. And our BGG guild number is 2044. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash heavycardboard. We want to thank the great people at GameStar Plus for their sponsorship of our show, these are good people, and they have a great reputation and a great inventory of games, including many imports and hard-to-find games. Their tagline is the home of great games at great prices, and it's true. So check them out at gamesurplus.com. When you do, tell them Heavy Cardboard sent you. Book it. Dano. 